I want you to have a seat and take a piece of paper out, notebook, whatever, and I want to make sure that, that you get all 20 of these effects of tongues tonight. Amen. That your faith is, is skyrocketing. And there's, there's a reason for this. I want to be able to have this on a single teaching that we can actually hand out to others. It's part of a, a greater series on, on No Fear Here. But I want to remind you that uh, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you as a believer. Listen to this scripture again. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in, in the holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms. Look at somebody and tell them the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in you tonight. And so we've, we, we learn that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is the power source. We know around here for the natural power, TVA is, of course, the source for power. But for you and for me as a believer, it's the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. We also know that uh, love is the breaker. If you come out of love, the breaker, of course, clicks out and clicks off. And then the flow to whatever it is you're trying to power is compromised. Look at somebody and say, stay in love. It's particularly important that you do that when it comes to the spirituals or the supernatural gifts and the operation of the Spirit of God in your life, in you, and through you. But what we've learned is that tongues is the switch. It's not there by accident. It did not pass away with early apostles. Are you here tonight? It's not of the devil. Amen. And it's more needed today than ever. And when you hear these 20 things, you'll understand exactly just how important it is. And you'll also say this to yourself. You'll say, self, now I understand fully why the devil hates us so much. And while I'll use religion and internal strife and getting people, you know, to go after each other theologically because he does not want this in operation in the church. Uh, just marginalize a few wacky people on the other side of the train tracks and just kind of leave them over there. But he does not want people actually receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit and then using the gift that God gave them. Because uh, the more I study this, the more I am amazed at what tongues actually does in the life of the believer. Turn to somebody and tell them you're about to go to a whole new level. And if you've not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just ask Him. The same you know, experience in Acts chapter 2, 8, 9, 10, and 19 is available today. And when we look at those scriptures, and we're not going to turn to them again tonight, but we find out that the evidence of the baptism in Acts chapter 2 is tongues. We find out in Acts chapter 8, tongues is not mentioned, but there was such a compelling experience that was witnessed by Simon that he wanted to what? Purchase that power. That when he laid hands on others, they would receive. Well, what did they do? Did they have a glow in their eye? Did they have a warm fuzzy in their heart? No, there's a physical manifestation. We believe what that manifestation was, was tongues. In Acts chapter 9, we know Ananias goes to visit Saul at the command of God, lays hands on him so he can be healed. Something like scales fell from his eyes. And the Bible says he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we know from 1 Corinthians 14, Paul made this, this statement, I thank God. I speak in tongues more than you all. And so it's always, it's always tickled me about certain denominations and backgrounds. They trumpet Paul as their grand theologian. And Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And they say, yes, I'm, I'm a Pauline kind of a person. Well, do you accept the baptism in the Holy Ghost? Do you speak in tongues like Paul? You don't follow him as much as you think you follow him. If you did, you would follow his example. 
And I'm telling you, these people that say these things aren't necessary today, have you, have you noticed this world is nuts and getting crazier by the hour? Maybe even by the minute. Do you know that murder is up 30% since 2020 in this nation? Blame it on COVID, blame it on whatever you want to, but it's a spiritual condition. It's a natural, you know, uh, circumstance because of the spiritual condition of this nation that needs Jesus. We don't need the Holy Spirit less. We need him more. And so we go to Acts chapter 10, we find out that Peter is preaching a powerful message. And while he was preaching, the Holy Spirit descended upon these Gentiles, these believers, of course, and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. And the Jews were amazed because the same Spirit that they had received had been given to the Gentiles. How did they know that? It says specifically, for they heard them speaking in tongues and glorifying God. Everybody say the same Spirit. In the next chapter 19, Paul's minding his own business doing his ministry, and he runs into 12 Ephesian disciples, believers in God, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. They're born again. And he asks them this question, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believe? And what do they say? We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Well, Paul said, you're about to find out. And he, of course, did what? laid hands on them, and they received, the Bible says they, they began to speak in other tongues and prophesied. Now, what is the commonality here? Over and over again, it is the concept of orality, and specifically tongue speech or prayer language, or just tongues for short. That's the manifestation. And that, uh, that baptism in the Holy Spirit, the immersion in the person of the Spirit of God, and His gifts, and the ability to pray in a language you never learned before, has never been more important. And through the years, I've just kind of made notes. Well, this is what happens when you pray in tongues, and this is what happens. When I was first baptized in the Spirit, gave my life to Christ, was baptized in the Spirit, I didn't know a lot, but immediately I knew I had an immediate great hunger for the Word of God. The sermon came, my eyes were opened up to evil. But when I specifically began to talk about and think about what did tongues do, the list began to grow and grow and grow. And I believe we're right now smack dab in the most important time in the history of the church. And we need that power like never before. Some of you are going to find out when you listen to this and you begin to meditate on it, you're going to say, why in the world have I not been more diligent in this? If tongues would have done all of this in my life, instead of being a little Pentecostal badge of honor, look at somebody and tell them you're no better than anybody else. But it is a gift just like salvation is a gift. We need everything that He can give us. Amen. So with that in mind, when we're on the same page about what this experience is, I'm just going to go through these. I want you to list them down, and I'll, I'll amplify them as I need to. But it's something for you to study and meditate. Look at some and say, it's time to study and meditate on the things of the Spirit. Number one, it's the initial sign or physical evidence of the baptism. Not water baptism, but spirit baptism. Acts chapter 10. It tells you that when someone is baptized in the Holy Spirit, the initial physical sign, there are other spiritual signs. There can be other soulish signs, but the physical sign is tongues. Now that comes straight out of the scriptures. Some people say, well, the narratives do not indicate doctrine. I beg to differ. The narratives do indicate doctrine. The Old Testament is filled with narratives and stories, and guess what? They're filled with powerful principles. 
for you and for me. Same thing in the New Testament. Even though it's not in the form of an epistle or letter or even in the Gospels specifically, I understand Jesus prophesied this and promised this. The narratives in the book of Acts written by Luke the historian tells us that this is what happens when somebody receives the Holy Ghost. So it would have been the initial. Now it's not the only physical sign, but it's the initial. Uh, a couple from Dresden, Tennessee had contacted our office this week and they came in and she wanted to be healed uh, to let us know that she wasn't baptized in the Holy Ghost and she didn't have her prayer language. Well, I guess what happened? She, Y'all okay? Can you hear me okay? She was in, uh, she came in my office and then our staff just jumped on her. <laughs> I mean in a spiritual way. <laughs> and they're all ready. They were all ready to share and to pray. And I believe not only did she receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and she prayed in the language. I asked her, I said, you ever heard that before? No. <laughs> um, you, you shouldn't have heard it before. Her husband had already received the Holy Ghost. I also believe that God touched her physically. And we're going to hear the reports about how God ministered to her. It's, it's literally for everybody. But I, I'm just simply saying to you that with that baptism can come other things like physical healings and deliverance. It's not been uncommon for people to receive a deliverance from a drug addiction or some other kind of a life-controlling problem or habit. Why is that? Because the Holy Spirit is a delivering force. It's a power. So yes, you get the tongues, but other things can happen. See, a religious Christian will say, well, no, that person may be born again, but until they get deliverance from that drug addiction, until they get rid of that habit, God won't baptize them in the Holy Ghost. Until they become holy, God won't baptize them in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, it's the Holy Ghost that makes us holy and separates things from our lives. Now, your heart has to be right, but listen, if you had to be perfect to receive the Holy Ghost, this church would be empty every Sunday morning. You wouldn't even have a pastor. <gasps> Just empty. <laughs> Number two, it's assigned to unbelievers in 1 Corinthians 14, 22. The tongue itself is a sign, but the tongues plus interpretation is where they get hit right between the eyes because they have some understanding of what the Spirit of God is actually saying. But never uh, make the mistake that somehow tongues is going to offend everybody and drive people out with their hair on fire. It's the abuse of tongues that will do that. But properly... Use tongues and interpretation of the church service as a blessing to everybody. But I point this out to you. Don't just think to yourself the interpretation has the force of the Spirit. Listen to me carefully. The tongue itself has the force of the Spirit. And you'll understand that more and more as the night progresses. It's the interpretation that defies the mind, but there's a force of the Spirit released in the tongue itself. So you get in the habit when you're in a service, and aren't you, think, aren't you thankful for a board church and a spirit church that the Spirit of God is allowed to do what He wants to do? Say it with me, he's allowed, he's permitted. He said, does it, does it require our permission? Yes, it does, because he won't go where he's not welcome. And you can suppress the things of the Spirit. But get into the habit when you hear somebody give a tongue for interpretation in a service that you receive the force of that Spirit at that time and not just waiting for the interpretation. Does that make sense? In other words, get the double blessing. Tongues and interpretation is a Double blessing. Say it, it's a double blessing. Number three, tongues works all things for our good. I'm going to read this scripture in Romans chapter 8 again, verse 26. God works all things together for our good through the use of tongues. This is what it says. In the same way, 
The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through uh, wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Aren't you glad for that? And the very next verse, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. And we know that in all things, the misinterpretation is, is to rip that out of its context and say, well, I know you're going through hell on earth. You've had a loss. You've had a bad you know, string of things happen in your life. But God's going to work all things together for your good. It is the most misinterpreted verse in the Bible, in the New Testament. What that verse says is, through tongues, God will work all things together for your good. Now, is he a good God? Yes. What he's saying is you have, a, you have a part to play in God working all things to your good. How many of you like more of God's goodness in your life? Raise your hand if you like more of his goodness in your life. Is that okay? Yes, he's a good God. The scripture says, taste and see that he is good. Amen. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. He has goodness stored up for those that love him. Yes, we want more of his goodness. Amen. Surely goodness and loving kindness shall follow me all the days of my life. I have a stalker and its name is goodness. Amen. But the scripture tells us, okay, there's some things that have happened. There's some junk that's gone down. There's some things that are negative. You've had a stretch of, you know, where things just didn't work out for your life. You can sit there and just say, well, you know, praise the Lord. You know, God works all things together. That is a cop-out and a misinterpretation of scripture. According to what Paul's teaching here, it is the tongues that causes all things to work together for your good. So if you want more good, all you have to do is do what? Here's what you do. You take that stinking situation. Amen? Whatever it is. And you direct tongues at that thing. And what's going to happen is God's going to work what? All things together for not your evil, not your demise, not your disappointment, but for your what? For your good. Now, how many of you know I could turn this out into a series alone? You have faith for that? <laughs> But I want you to get this down, that when you are praying in the Spirit, you are causing things to work together for your good and for others that you're actually interceding for. You cannot do this. You cannot look at the Scripture and then rip something out and ignore the Scripture where it's planted and then say you're rightly dividing the Word of God. I don't blame evangelicals for doing that because they don't like tongues. So the last thing they're going to ever do is make the connection between tongues and working all things together for his good. But that's what the Bible teaches. Look at somebody go, Come on and say, that's what the Bible teaches. That's how. And that's not the only way, obviously, God works good in our lives. But that's what Paul is teaching in this specific context. Number four, tongues edifies or builds you up. Jude 20 Beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. You build yourself up. But in 1 Corinthians, it tells us that tongues actually edifies us when we pray in the Spirit. Uh, and it's not just something that affects you spiritually. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives in you. What happens is when you pray, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, when you pray, you edify yourself. Now, here's the limitation we've placed on this. That's right. When I pray in the Holy Ghost, I build myself up spiritually. Isn't that wonderful? Here's the point and write this down. 
What happens when you pray in the Spirit is it builds up every part of you. It builds up your mind. It builds up your emotions. It builds up your will. It builds up and can have an impact on your body. Traditionally, all we've taught is it will cause you to be edified inside. That's true. You will be edified spiritually. But have you noticed you're more than a spirit? Say it with me. I have what? A body, right? That's where you, you dwell, but that's not who you are. You are a spirit. You what? You have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a, in a body. Does anybody here ever need the body to be built up? That's right. The Holy Ghost is here to pump you up. That's right. That's what it's all about. But most people just stop with the spiritual implications of this. I'm telling you that tongues has a direct impact on your emotional and your decision making and on your mental health. And do you know a few Christians who could use some edification in their emotions? Where they're either down all the time, or depressed all the time, or despondent all the time, or weepy all the time, or angry all the time. You know what they could do to help themselves? Well, just tell them, Pastor, to take a pill. You tell them to take a pill. I'm going to tell them to take the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Prayed in the Spirit will build up every dimension. God made you spirit, soul, and body. And because we live in a fallen world, we need more of that force, that virtue released. And how that's done is by flipping that switch. Turn to somebody and tell them, flip the switch. It edifies us. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is flowing as you pray in the Spirit to impact your mind, to impact your emotions, to impact your will, to impact your body, as well as your spirit. How many of you know what it's like to, when you've prayed the Spirit for a long time? Don't you feel built up? Higher and higher, which is what Jude actually talks about. You build yourself up in your most holy faith. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But you can actually feel like you are. Now, the, the limitation is that we just decided on our own, religiously, that that would apply to the Spirit only. Now, if we're born again, we're on our way to heaven. And we're growing, aren't we, in our faith? But as a pastor, what I've noticed is most people need help with their brain and their whack emotions. So here's what you get to understand tonight is, is you'll pray in the spirit more. You're going to be able to edify not just your spirit man, but every dimension. Does that make sense? Now, without that revelation, I just use tongues as a spiritual, ecstatic kind of experience in God and don't realize that it can actually help me mentally and emotionally and in my decision-making. How many of you ever make lousy decisions? Praying in the Holy Ghost can help you make good decisions. Amen. Number five, it communicates a message of wisdom. Sometimes it's a message to you. Sometimes it's a message through you. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. When we pray in the Spirit, we pray mysteries. But guess what? They don't have to stay mysteries. We pray mysteries, but we know it lines up with God's Word. What does this mean? There is nothing that you could possibly deal with in this world where you cannot find wisdom for that by praying in the Holy Spirit. No matter what it is. 
natural things, spiritual things, work things. Anybody here ever have a problem at work that nobody seems to be able to solve? You can turn the corner and pray in the Holy Ghost and find the solution for it. Amen. Do you know that you can fix an appliance, fix a TV? Do you know that you can find something that's missing? The Holy Ghost can tell you, don't use this tool, use this tool. And if you'll do what he tells you to do, what happened is you prayed in the Spirit, and what happened? The wisdom went from here up to here. It had a long way to travel. And the source of that wisdom has been where all along? But we want to ask that person, ask that person, take a poll over here, see what they think about this, find out what Dr. Google says. And all the time, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is where? On the inside of the believer. And that only has to go about 18 inches. Lord, I need that traveling for 18 inches to know how to handle this problem, know how to handle this situation, know how to handle this person, how to fix this thing that's broken, how to find something that's lost. I learned this directly from my crazy sister. I wasn't even born again in spirit filled yet, but one time she came home and she was saved and on fire for God and lost her contact. This is my favorite Tammy story. Back then, how many understand contacts were not cheap? I won't tell you how far back, but she's older than me. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Way back. Pushing back, pushing back. <laughs> She lost the contact. And there were about three green garbage bags. I remember like it was yesterday, sitting in the back porch. We had like a little drive-through on Kent Drive where we lived in Carbondale, Illinois. <laughs> there were those bags filled with eggshells and coffee grounds and whatever, you know, people like me teenagers can eat and throw in there. Yes, amen. And the first thing that was odd is she said, well, we're just going to ask the Holy Ghost where that contact is. Like, okay, let's ask the Holy Ghost where the contact is. <laughs> Let's do that right away. <laughs> don't look at me in that holy tone. I didn't have a in mind. Amen. I just thought, well, this is the latest in the, in the, in the wacky trail with Tammy that will go down. The first thing that was odd is that she, she knew, well, it was, it's a, let's get into this bag right here. And she just picked the thing up, opened it up, and just dumped the whole thing right there on a little slab of concrete before you went into the sliding glass door. And she's just praying in the Holy Ghost. And I mean, she's just kind of looking around and everything. And all of a sudden, she picks up an eggshell, half of an eggshell. And there's the contact. And she just scoops it up, pops it in her mouth, washes it off, and then pops it in her eye. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Now, meanwhile, back in Pentecostal religionville, you only pray in tongues when you get the baptism or you have a goose bump. In Tammyville... The Holy Ghost will tell me where a contact is. The Holy Ghost will tell you where your keys are, where your wallet is. Have you noticed as you get older, you need more of the Holy Ghost to tell you where those things are? But he knows. What we haven't understood is that by praying in the Spirit, we're praying mysteries. They don't have to stay mysteries. In simple things... Like that, or in very you know, serious things, you need to know what to do. Guess what? You pray in the Holy Ghost and then wait for him to respond. He'll give you the understanding. Communicates wisdom in you or through you. I've had the 
experiences like that myself where things just disappeared and you just ask. And, and some of you got a hold of this a long time ago and you found out that the Holy Spirit cares about everything. Other people just struggle and get frustrated trying to figure everything out themselves when they could just turn to Him. And when you're Spirit-filled, you have a tool that will help you. I was talking to Sharon about this, and this is so true. It's not just a tool, it's a power tool. How long does it take to screw something in by hand versus how long it takes to screw something in with a what? A power screwdriver or a power drill. You know, remember the old days when they used to have to hand drill holes to put big rods in? And now we just have power everything? That's what the Holy Ghost does. Amen. So you can sit there trying to you know, screw that thing in and screw all those things in, or you can get the power tool and appropriate it to your life. Amen. Say it with me. we got the power. Number six, divine inbreaking. Every time you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're likely to have a God-in-you consciousness, an immediate greater awareness of His presence and His reality. Sometimes we just need to know that He is there. Sometimes we just need to be reminded how present he is. He's a very present help in time of need. And when you pray in the Spirit of God, there's going to be a divine inbreaking, a, a instantaneous consciousness of God in you. He's not out there somewhere. You know, I still will hear from my friends and they'll, they'll post things on Facebook from high school about how the universe did this for them and the universe did that for them. No, the universe did not do anything more for you than the fence post in your backyard did for you. The universe and the fence post are creations. God made the wood, amen. <laughs> or the compound that the plastic was made out of. God made the universe. No, it wasn't the universe. It was God that did that. Amen. Say it with me, God consciousness. Number seven, adoration, praise, and thanksgiving flows when you speak in tongues. It's clear from Scripture that tongues is an expression of gratitude and thanksgiving. I don't feel like thanking God. I'm not in a good mood. I'm not in a thankful mood. Well, just shut up in English and go ahead and pray in tongues. As the expression of your prayer language is an expression of thanksgiving to God. Always. It's always adoration. It's always praise. It's always thanksgiving. You just need to add it to your, your prayer life and think about it in terms like that, that when you're doing that, you're actually adoring Him. You're actually praising Him. Another Tammy story that when she married this, this fellow... Before she married Ben, this guy turned out to be a real character and actually uh, an abuser. I mean, this guy nearly killed her one night. And, uh, you know, if we had found out his brothers before the fact and, you know, knew about it immediately after, we probably would have gone down there and taken care of it ourselves. Everybody was mad about it, and you would be too, having your loved one treated that way. Um, are you here? Yes. I said, are you here? Yes. I said, are you here? Yes. Amen. <laughs> um, she married this guy in Lutheran church and our Lutheran pastor presided and some of you remember Josh Adkins who came to school here and now he started a church in here in Illinois called The Loft uh, you were the first church to invest financially in that church I believe and uh, help establish in fact they were able to get their, their, their second building with the money that this church actually sold into that ministry you're sowing all over the place you understand what I'm saying to you you're sowing everywhere his dad was a man named Mike Atkins and he was a, you know, a southern gospel singer and God used powerfully in the West Frankfurt area and throughout the region 
And he recorded a song called Adoration. Praise, praise, we praise. And in one accord, we praise you, O Lord. It's a wonderful song. But at the very end of it, <laughs> he breaks into singing in the Spirit. What did Paul say? I will sing with the understanding. I will sing with the Spirit. This was played at that Lutheran wedding. And so everybody heard Mike Atkins singing in the Spirit at the end of that song. Um, and, well, I didn't know at the time, but the pastor was actually spirit-filled. Had gotten baptized in the Holy Ghost at a you know, Lutheran revival throughout the seminary where he attended. And it didn't cause him to flinch at all. But imagine you're sitting there as an old crudgety, you know, religious person. That would have been a new experience for you. Amen. And he just, it just flowed from his, his song of adoration, are you here tonight, into singing in the Spirit. It was just perfectly natural for him to do that. A very, very powerful song. You can find it all over uh, YouTube and the internet if you want to listen to it. It'll be a positive for you. Um, but I can tell you, when this, when this character one night nearly took her life, she couldn't say anything. She couldn't breathe anything. She couldn't get anything out. But on the inside of her, she cried out, Jesus. Now, one thing you have to know about her, and you probably already figured out, that she, she prays profusely in the Holy Ghost. Um, she was really just about to go out of consciousness when she remembers seeing him fly up in the air across a coffee table and land on the other side of the coffee table away from her. I don't know what her angel's called. Uh, Jerry used to say his angel's name was Gomer. I don't want an angel named Gomer. I don't know about you, but... <laughs> I want an angel named Hulk, something like, something like that. I don't know. I don't know who picked him up because there was nobody there, and she was going, going, gone. Threw him across that coffee table. Such is the the heritage of the child of God. Amen. But I'm just telling you that, that you know it's possible to just simply flow in and out of these things: adoration, praise, and thanksgiving. Use your prayer language that way. And know that you're thanking God when you do. Even when you don't feel like you, you have much to be thankful for, you do have things to be thankful for. Number eight, this is something that nobody in this room ever needs, a subjugation of the tongue. Can't say nothing good. Speak in tongues. How many, how many things would not have been erect if people just learned to shut up? Does that make sense? You know, if I have something on my heart, you know, I can express it maybe to Kelly as she can to me. But how many understand? I don't, need, I don't have to hear it 15 more times, 25 more times, 100 more times, or throw it up six months later, or five years later, or 15 years later. If you can't stop doing that, just start praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit will discipline your mouth and your tongue to stay on the right side of things. Um, it's interesting to me, but how do you understand? The only thing in the Bible that, that says it can't be tamed, not with natural means, but tongue speech is not natural. It's supernatural. With praise in your mouth, the word in your mouth, and praying in the Spirit, it'll keep your tongue from saying things you shouldn't say. And I'm not talking about making a spectacle of yourself, but if you see somebody, you know, in town sometime and you'd really like to give them the last piece of your mind, <laughs> what are you going to do? 
You know what? You can just walk away softly praying the Spirit of God. And that, that desire will go away, that compulsion to try to say something when you know you shouldn't say anything. How many here have gone ahead and said something and you knew it was wrong when you did and you wish you could take it back? But guess what? You can't. So you'd be proactive on the front end. Amen? Oh, there goes so-and-so. I got a few things to say. There's one person in this community that I just would really like to have an audience with. <laughs> Let's be perfectly blunt with you. I know you're not like that, but I know there, there are a few people that I'd like to give them a few pieces of my mind. Amen? <laughs> and do you know that uh, just when I think I'm going to get that opportunity, it doesn't materialize every single time? Say, what would you say, Pastor? Oh, I don't know, but it's probably going to be good. Have you? <laughs> But apparently not. But what can you do? You just pray in the Holy Spirit. How about releasing supernatural power for good instead of saying something with your mouth that's going to tear people down? Or compromise your witness? Amen? What's more important? Did somebody know how you feel? Can I help you out here? Oh, I'm just going to tell them. They need to know how I feel. Do you know what? They don't care how you feel. If they cared how you felt, they wouldn't have done what they did in the first place. They don't care how you feel. So how are you telling them how you feel going to change that? They're suddenly going to have compassion and revelation? Oh, I'm glad you told me that. Now I feel. No. No. You have to be proactive on the front end of this thing and control your mouth with your prayer language. Number 11, freedom, liberty, peace, and joy. I'm sorry. I'm glad you're counting. I feel like Tommy Barnett up here, skipping all over the place. Number 10, revelation increases. Nine. I just need to pick shorter lists from now on. You know, like, Pastor used to have 25 points, but bless his heart, he's down to three, amen, because that's all he can count to. You're all in agreement? We're on nine. Number nine is fervent prayer for the unknown. And every word you pray in tongues lines up with a word. Every single syllable. And every single syllable comes to pass. So you're praying the will of God for yourself, praying the will of God for other people. We know what the word of God says. Tongues and the word line up 100% of the time. Whatever you're praying in the spirit, even if you don't have the, the wisdom travel up here to your mind, your consciousness, you can have great confidence and joy knowing that what you're praying is the word of God and it's coming to pass. Remember what I said, when you pray in the spirit last week, you throw the totality of the word of God at that situation. Let me say it again. When you pray in the Holy Ghost and you direct that towards some situation, you're throwing the totality of the word of God at that situation. That's a whole lot better than moaning and groaning and complaining in your prayer language. Now can I go to number 10? <laughs> Good. Because I'm sensing some accountability out here tonight. Amen. <laughs> you said 20, I'm on them all, bless God. <laughs> Revelation increases, one of my favorite ones. The hunger is there from the baptism. Revelation increases the more you use tongues. Why? The Holy Spirit is the true teacher of the church. John 14, 26, he'll teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Everything that I what? Everything that I said to you or taught, the Spirit of God will cause revelation to explode the more you pray in the Spirit. Don't say you want more revelation but won't pray in the Spirit because it won't happen. 
You know what you should be doing when, when services are going on? You know what you should be doing when the sermon's being preached? The Sunday school class is being taught? You should be sitting there quietly praying in tongues to yourself. And you will put yourself in a position to receive revelation that is out there. And that's one of the reasons why somebody can hear the same exact message, walk out of here blessed and on fire, and somebody else walk out and go, well, that was a dud. The dead wasn't in the speaker. The dead was in the receiver. Because you prime your receiver pump when you pray in the Spirit of God. I, I promise you this. You, revelation will explode in your life if you'll just start praying in the Spirit more. About what? About whatever it is you need revelation on. Whatever is going on. Whatever ministry assignment you have when you pray in the Spirit. Revelation increases. Why? Because it is a what operation of the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is our teacher. I thought you were the teacher. No, I am just the, the source of the sound. You understand the difference? What is in us is by God. What is through us is by God. What you receive is by God. We're just agents. Amen? We're vessels. But never misunderstand that principle. Because if you do... You start thinking like, well, I just got to go sit under so-and-so so I can have some revelation. If I can just get to that person's meeting. If I can just have so-and-so pray for me. If I can just get over to this particular meeting, then everything's going to be great. That's the voice of the immature. You know what the voice of the mature says? Well, church is, you know, buildings open all the time. I'm going to come in here on lunch hour. And I'm going to sit right here with my Bible. And I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost until God gives me revelation of that scripture. Guess what? You didn't even need to go to sister so-and-so's meeting. Because you went to Brother Holy Ghost meeting. Now, I'm not discounting our, our importance in the body of Christ. You need people to, to be apostles and prophets and teachers and evangelists, amen, and teachers of the church. You need that because it's part of the equipping process. I'm just simply saying, don't confuse where the revelation is coming from. It's not coming from man. It's coming through a man. And there are a lot of people, they live their lives bouncing from one camp to the other camp, looking for the latest and the raging thing over here, the little gimmick over here. No, what you need to do is realize that you can have explosive revelation anytime, anyplace, anywhere. I mean, maybe you visit a, a denominational church, even a, a, you know, a high church, you know, more liturgical, and you sat down because you're with family or friends, you're being respectful, you went to church. Do you know that God can cause something to explode in you sitting there if you just sit there quietly and pray in the Holy Ghost? Or you can say, well, I'm not going to get nothing out of this because that's not my kind of church. No, you need to start taking dominion over your own spiritual growth. Amen and responsibility for your spiritual growth. I don't discount what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do what we do but more as an equipping fashion and not the source of the revelation. Man will never be the source of revelation. It comes from the Lord through the Spirit of God. Number 11. Freedom, liberty, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. For the kingdom of God, Romans 14, 17, is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and what? And joy in the Holy Ghost. Anybody here like righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost? Righteousness, consciousness increases when you speak in tongues. Joy increases when you speak in tongues. Peace increases when you speak in tongues. 
How many here have been in a terrible situation? You, you're alerted to a tragedy, something horrible happened, and you just began to pray in the Holy Ghost. Did the peace that passes all understanding not descend down on you? Even though you're dealing with that situation? Amen. It's your secret weapon. Look at somebody and say, well, we's the secret weapon. It's your superpower. Say, it's my superpower. <laughs> you want more joy, more peace, more liberty, more freedom? Pray in the Spirit. And somewhere throughout the annals of time, modern Pentecostalism reduced that whole thing to a goosebump. When I get a goosebump and I feel something, then I'll pray in the Spirit. See, some people have been robbed because of false teaching and lies. A lot of Pentecostals have been robbed because of their religion, of the real force of what tongues will be in their lives. Number 12, it's the gateway to other gifts of the Spirit. Anybody here want to see God do miracles in you and through you? Anybody here want to see the gifts of healings, plural, operating in you and through you? The more you speak in tongues, the more the other gifts will operate in your life. From public tongues and interpretation to prophesy to the gift of faith to the working of miracles to various kinds of healings to words of knowledge to words of wisdom, they all will increase the more you use it. Brother Hagin understood this and practiced this. That's why he was so proficient. He's a great model for all of us. I say why? Because he was on his deathbed when the Lord saved him and healed him. He was raised in a Southern Baptist environment. He ministered across denominational lines. And he didn't compromise on the Word or on the things of the Spirit. And if you want to truly see more of the gifts of the Spirit in your life, pray in the Holy Ghost. You say, well, he gives severally as he wills. Yes, and guess what? He wills to bless people who actually desire them. And prime that pump by praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, if you're just satisfied with being saved and going to heaven and having a little prayer language, then fine. But if you really want to be used of God this way, um, you know, you're going to see bumps in, uh, in the anointing in you and, and through you by praying in the Spirit. Number 13, it sensitizes us to the urgings and promptings of the Holy Spirit. Promptings, urgings. The more you pray the Spirit, the more sensitive you're going to be to the urgings and promptings of the Holy Ghost. That could be promptings to reach out to someone, love somebody, give something to somebody, pray for somebody, go see somebody, send them a text, send them an email, a message. Um, you know, the same Holy Ghost that would, that would prompt you to lay hands on somebody is the same Holy Ghost that would prompt you to buy somebody's meal, buy them groceries, buy them gas during these crazy times right now. Once you learn what that voice is in your spirit, it doesn't make any difference the why or the, or the agenda. It's, it's going to be the same way. It's going to be the same way, the same prompting. So what you do is you just pray the spirit and then get used to him activating more prompts in your life. And let me explain to you like this. It's not that he's not been already talking. It's that tongues fine tunes your hearing. You know, right now there's weighty waves and television waves. They're just going through this building that's right. But guess what? Without a tuner, right, you're not going to be able to hear them. And not just the static. How I many you know there's nothing worse than in the old way we used to watch tape? You remember I have like three channels and rabbit ears? Wasn't that long ago, was it? And you had to get them just right and then lift your foot like this. 
just so that you can actually get the picture to come in. And it was still, you know, frosty and fuzzy and coming in and out. And if there's a storm, well, then God help you in, amen. <laughs> and you know, like a radio, we, we used to listen to WLS out of Chicago on the skip. We used to listen to uh, uh, KXOK out of St. Louis. And you, you get these on the skip. The problem was there was another station in Mexico City right next to WLS. So one minute it's playing music and latest news. Next minute it's this guy speaking in Spanish. Ah! <laughs> Why? You're right. We're not able to fine tune WLS out of Chicago because on the skip it just may drift over into somebody else's territory. Amen? But now, guess what? You can fine tune everything. The technology in the digital age. Amen? Program what you want. Radio without commercials. Amen? Streaming has just completely you know, gone off the hook in terms of the technology and availability. No, he's speaking. Look at somebody and tell him he's speaking all the time. Tongues will fine-tune your hearing. So you don't miss those promptings anymore. And let me tell you this. When you, when you see an increase in promptings, make sure you obey him. Because he's not doing that because he's bored. He's trying to address a need through you. As simple as an encouraging word or something tangible, practical, financial, Whatever. You just have to say, Lord, here am I. Just command me to do what you want. But your hearing is going to be sensitive, made sensitive the more you pray in the Spirit. Amen. Number 14. Plain old-fashioned boldness. Yes, I covered 13. Whoever said that, yes, amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Trying to mess with me now, I know. Just throwing out numbers out there, aren't you? Huh? What about number eight? I think you missed number five, didn't you? <laughs> Could you imagine me doing this on Sunday morning? <laughs> How far did you get, Pastor? Number two. Got the number two. <laughs> Boldness grows when you pray in the Spirit. Fear and intimidation will diminish. So you feel like, well, God's assigned you to do something like Ananias. You're a little afraid. You know one of the things I believe about Ananias? I believe Ananias finally said, yes, Lord. And he prayed in the Holy Ghost all the way to Saul's. And by the time he was there, he wasn't afraid anymore. He was an instrument of God. And sometimes it's just fear of the unknown. Sometimes it's fear of people's opinions. What are they going to think, you know, if I demonstrate and manifest my faith out there this way? It doesn't matter. Boldness comes. Well, we're supposed to be bold as a lion because we're the righteous. But the more you pray in the Spirit, the bolder you're going to be. And bold where you need to be bold. Amen? Wise to be quiet when you need to be quiet, but when you need to be bold, you're bold because of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Man, we're just whipping right through these. Number 18. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just seeing if you're really, really following or if you're just messing with me tonight. Okay. <laughs> Number 15. <laughs> Tongues will build and activate your faith. There are only two things that will help develop your faith. One is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And how many know that's true? There's nothing else in Scripture that indicates faith is built, developed, and activated other than speaking in tongues, Jude, verse 20. Beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying 
in the Holy Spirit. Now think about that. There are only how many? Two. So what does a wise believer do? I'm going to get in the Word of God, and I'm going to pray in the Holy Ghost like crazy. Because that's how I'm going to have an activated faith that's ready to do whatever God's called me to do. Now, it's, now, if you don't have the teaching, that's one thing. If you don't have the revelation, I understand that. But God's wanting to, to push you beyond just being spirit-filled and charismatic and Pentecostal to the practical use of this amazing gift. You know, the longer I go down this list, the more I realize the devil really hates this message. If you just stay in your little religious box and shout a little bit, maybe run a little bit, you know, speak in tongues when you feel, you know, the Spirit move you. But the deliberate use of tongues as a tool, that's not something he wants to see widespread in the body of Christ. And yet it needs to be in your life. So what happens is it activates, builds up and activates your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hear by the Word of God. Let's just try this on as I uh, feel impressed of the Spirit of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And if tongues produces faith, then I can what? I can please God all the more by praying in the Spirit. Why wouldn't I want to please Him more? Now, I, now I'm tapped into something here that's going to help me please my Father. After He's been so good to us. Amen. Don't you want to please him? Forget about the religion. Don't you want to please him? Yeah. I please him by causing what? Spending time in the word so faith rises and praying in the spirit so faith is developed. Number 16. It's a vocal miracle. It's a what? It's a miracle. I don't know about you, but when I get around miracles, it does something. Amen. He confirms his word with signs falling. Every time you speak in tongues, it's a miracle. I'm going to say it again. Every time you speak in tongues, it's a miracle. Every time you speak in tongues, it's a miracle. Every single time you speak in tongues, you are experiencing a miracle. You heard somebody else speaking in tongues, praying in the Spirit? You heard a miracle. I never see or hear God do any miracles. You're lying like a dog. Every time you pray in the Spirit, it's a miracle. You don't have that ability in the natural. It's not coming from your mind. It's not a learned language. It is not something you picked up on Rosetta Stone. It's a miracle. Now, what am I doing? I'm, I'm becoming more miracle-minded the more I pray in the Holy Ghost. At that moment, oh, this, this is real. So the power is real, therefore God is real. Therefore everything the Bible says about God is true. Amen. Say, it's a vocal miracle. Every time you do it, or every time you happen to be in the presence of somebody else, you're experiencing a miracle. It's just not given the honor it should be given. In fact, it's been dishonored. And God said, if you honor me, I'll honor you. Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me and my words. It's one thing for the religious in the world to shame you and try to shame you over this and dishonor it. It's another thing for a Christian who says they love God to dishonor God over this. Amen. 
said it's a vocal miracle. Number 17, it sanctifies and separates us from sin and from weights. The false teaching is, clean myself up and then he'll baptize me in the Holy Spirit and he'll give me tongues. Wrong. The practice of tongue speech will separate you from things that are inappropriate. Thoughts, unruly emotions, decisions, behaviors, addictions, it will separate you. You do it long enough, it'll separate you. And that's one of the reasons why we have an advantage in a spirit-filled ministry when it comes to recovery ministry. Amen. Wow. An evangelical church that preaches Christ has an advantage over Alcoholics Anonymous because we identify the God of the Bible as the power. Yes. Amen. But the spirit-filled church that practices these things and is able to teach the people in those programs and able to empower them with these, with these things, they now have something that will separate them from that behavior. You can tongue your way out of addiction. Oh, yes, you can. And there are a lot of people that have. But they first had to have a revelation that there was a connection between it. Why just neglect it? Why just put it on a shelf? Why just wait for some inspiration, some really great service someday? No, every day can be a great service for you with the Lord. Every day can be a great impact. Amen. But it's not just some great addiction. Maybe there's something in your life that you need to separate from. We know the Word will do this. Thy Word is truth. Sanctify them. By that used to be enough time of the Word, the Word will separate you from stuff. The Spirit of God will separate you from stuff. The, the Word of God, the blood of Jesus, the Spirit of God are all called sanctifying forces in Scripture. So how do you activate the force of the Spirit in your life to separate you from things? Praying in the Spirit. Amen. Come on, say, I'm not ashamed. Say, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel. For it's the power of God and the salvation. This happens to be part of the Gospel. Why do I know that? Because Jesus told them, commanded them to wait in Jerusalem until they be endued from, with power from on high. On Acts chapter 1, he told them that. In Acts chapter 7, he said, John baptized you with what? With the water. But guess what? What's going to happen to you is you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not at that time in John 7, but in a time in the near future. Right? So part of the gospel is the baptism and part of the gospel is tongues. Somebody says, well, you just preach the gospel. We just preach it. Really? Do you preach healing? Do you preach the baptism? Do you preach the gifts? Do you preach God's abundance and provision? Do you preach God's deliverance? Ah, we just preach the gospel. Well, you're not really sure what the gospel is. Because the gospel is not just you're forgiven and going to heaven. That's core and central, but that's not the totality of the gospel. Uh, 1914 when the assemblies met from Methodist churches all over the country and some other denominations, they all didn't feel comfortable in the denominational world anymore. So they came together as spirit-filled people to say, we want to get together to reach the world for Jesus. And that's how the Assemblies of God was founded. Amen. Spirit-filled, going out in power, in the things of God. Amen. To reach this world for Christ. They gathered together. And what they understood at that moment, at that particular time, as, as they prayed in the Spirit, as they, as they you know, made a demand on spiritual things by using those gifts, it would separate them. It would sanctify them. It would provide what they needed to do, what God called them to do. But it's not just 
you know, an experience they were talking about, they would talk in these early meetings about all the gospel. Say it with me, all the gospel. Say it with me, all the gospel. Assemblies of God, that, that name is straight from, from the word of God, the assemblies of God, amen, the gatherings of God, the ecclesia called out of the world and into the church to what? To run and to rule and to reign around them through the power of God and the word of God, through the kingdom of God. But there used to be this, this moniker where, well, it means all what? The gospel. Well, I wish I could tell you that all over the country that's true in all AG churches that all the gospel is being preached. But that's not true. Local bodies decide whether they're going to preach all the gospel or not. And I'm sorry to my friends that can't stand it, but the prosperity of God is part of the gospel. The deliverance of God is part of the gospel. Amen. The Holy Ghost is part of the gospel. Tongues is part of the gospel. Turn to somebody and tell them all the gospel. Come on, say it again, all the gospel. And it's wonderful, isn't it? I'm happy that people are getting born again, going to heaven, but their lives are not going to be as victorious on this earth as they could be without the rest of the gospel. Uh, you know what? When they get to heaven, he's going to force them to be healed. And we don't believe in that healing stuff. Well, guess what? I don't care. I'm God. And thou shalt be healed. <laughs> well, I don't believe in that abundant stuff. Well, guess what? I'm going to make you sweep the golden streets for a millennium until you finally get a hold of this. Your job is to sweep up on the golden streets. I'm going to force you to be abundance-minded. Is there another heaven? No, sorry, there's only one. And it's filled with joy and victory and peace and abundance. Amen. Don't you feel sorry for the people that are there? If they could feel sorry for you, they would. But they can't. Because there's no sorrow in them. I believe they're looking forward to a reunion. That happy day. Amen. But if they're not out there going, oh, I feel so sorry for them. I feel so sorry for them. But some people on this side actually feel sorry for people that are on the other side. Why? Huh? <laughs> no. You don't want them to leave or you want them to live out all their days. Say all their days. Accomplish God's purpose. But ultimately, uh, man, they're, they're having a good time up there. And, and, and some of them, if they ever get a peek over the rail and look down at this crazy world and say, I sure am glad I'm not down there. Bless God, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> you got demon, 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 demon. You know what's not in heaven? Demons. You know what's not in heaven? Poverty. You know what's not in heaven? War. You know what's not in heaven? Lack. You know what's not in heaven? Strife. Amen. <laughs> yes, praise the Lord. <laughs> Look at somebody and tell them, heaven is not the booby prize. <laughs> well, I, you know, someone so died young, I said, I got the booby prize. <laughs> no, you're living in the booby prize. Amen. Go ahead. Look at your neighbor and say, congratulations, you got the booby prize. No. Uh, they're, they're more than okay. But one day, one day, dead in Christ will rise first and we which remain. 
I'm kind of psyched about talking about this tomorrow, not because it's somebody's lost their life on this planet, but because we've gained what? We've gained another demonstration of the mercy of God. And what really strikes me to, to the core is Paul said these words. He said, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Why? They believed to the point of death. They died believing in the resurrection and the life. They're going first. But then 2,000 years ago, Paul said this, and we that remain. He was absolutely convinced that he was going up soon. As it turns out, he was off a little bit. <laughs> but I don't think we are. I think we can say with boldness, we which remain. It could very well be in this generation. So let the mockers mock and the scoffers scoff. Amen. They're good at what they do. God's better at what he does. Amen. It'll separate you. And if there's something that's a stronghold in your life, I, I just encourage you to really tune up and, and, and just increase the time you spend praying in the Spirit of God. Watch this. Whether that is a habit, anything that is in contradiction to the revealed Word of God, the, pray, the praying in the Spirit will separate you from that thing. It even works in terms of your physical life. It works in terms of your, your mind, your emotions. Anything that's out of sorts, praying in the Holy Ghost, will have a positive impact and health impact on that. Number 18. Increase flow of the anointing. The burden removing, yoke destroying, power of God. The more you speak in tongues the more the anointing will flow in you and through you. If you don't care about scriptures like Isaiah 61 and Luke 4, where Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for his what anointed me to preach the good news. If you don't care about opening up the blind eyes, releasing people from prison, you don't care about deliverance, you don't care about miracles, signs, and wonders, then, then don't do it. But if you do this, you're going to have more of that burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God flowing through you. Just being spirit-filled is not enough. You got to flip the switch. All these things can operate in your life if you'll do what? Just flip the switch. Power's on. You're walking in love, amen. Let's not assume we're not walking. Let's assume we're walking in love. Let's make the commitment to stay in love. The breaker is right. All we got to do is flip the switch. Tongues. More anointing. Number 19. It activates angels. Psalm 103 tells us that the angels hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord, voice of the word of God. Every, every word you speak in tongues is what? Consistent with the word of God. Um, anybody from time to time need additional angelic activity in your life? Protection? Intervention? Provision? Um, I know some people think this way, but let's say that you prayed for a breakthrough provision-wise and you're believing God. Maybe in your mind you have this idea that the Holy Ghost is going to just go and blow on you and it's going to be there. The angels are the agents. And if you need more activity from the angelic host in your life, you're going to activate them more by praying in the Spirit. Why? It, it'll respond to the Word of God out of your mouth. But how many of you know sometimes we don't say the things that God says out of our mouth? 
We say things that are contrary to what he says in his word. But watch this. When you pray in tongues, you never contradict the scripture. Never. So which one by, by measure is going to activate angelic forces more? Which one is going to cause the diligence of the word of God that they can hearken unto? Amen. Yes, amen. Y'all can start shouting anytime you want to. Want more angel activity in your life? Pray in the Spirit. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Is that the best y'all can do? <laughs> Number 20. Divine direction that is without error. Divine direction. When you pray in the Spirit, you're going to sensitize your faculties to pick up what God is saying versus what this world is saying and what the flesh is saying, what your desires are saying. God really doesn't care about your desires at this point in the season in the body of Christ. What matters is what he needs you to do and be where he needs you to be. You need to lay aside and just throw down all of what you think about this life and what you would like to do and where you'd like to be. It starts succumbing and starts submitting to what the Lord wants for you. Yeah, well, that's for you preachers. That's the mistake right there. Let me ask you a question. What did everyone in the upper room have in common? They're all saved. They all received the Spirit. They all spoke in tongues. But not everyone up there was an apostle. But they were all to be supernaturally directed by God. Not by the flesh, not by the desires, not by their wants, but by the Spirit of God. What is the Spirit of God saying? Well, when you pray in the Spirit, it's, it's, it's providing you a roadmap that your life will follow if you'll do it. I pray in the Spirit and all of a sudden I'm making choices and decisions that don't seem to make sense to other people. But guess what? You're not trying to make sense to other people. You're trying to make sense to what the plan of God is for your life. And through the years, Kelly and I have heard some doozies, you know, about what motivated people to do what they wanted to do. We're the end time church. That was a good place to say a good amen. We are the end time church. Did it matter where Paul was at and doing what he was supposed to do? Well, that's Paul. Does it matter if Pastor Art's doing what he's supposed to do? Yeah, but that's Pastor Art. Listen, it's for you too. It matters that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. We're the end time church. So to make sure that we're staying in step with the Spirit, pray in the Holy Ghost so you can be on the path. I believe Paul, the Lord directed you to Murray State because of these principles. Amen. And God blessed him with tenure. You know how that important is? I, can't, I can tell you that there aren't a lot of people that are tongue talkers with tenure at Murray State. Amen. You know that one of your sisters in the Lord here was just made the president over the medical staff at Murray Calibay County Hospital. Is that a big deal? How many tongue talker chief of staffs do you know in most hospitals around the world? Do you see what God is trying to do? He is strategically placing his people to make a difference. You know, Jackie, Ronnie, isn't at all embarrassed to be filled with the Spirit. Amen. 
I mean, her family came from Ghana, settled in Grenada. <laughs> she did her residency at Syracuse. She spent a year or two over in uh, New Zealand, where they have socialized medicine, became a specialist, a pediatric specialist, and the Lord sent her to Murray. I know her mom was praying for her and continues to. If you ever want a prayer warrior inside, just ask her mom to pray for you. She'll pray for you and praise the Lord. But do you see what I'm saying to you? Could she go anywhere? She could go anywhere and be a blazing success. But guess what? She needs to be where God has sent her. And if I've said this once, I've said it a thousand times, you've heard Joyce say the same thing. The eagles are not just gathering in other places, they're gathering here for an end time harvest. So you that are in this core tonight, you need to just up the discipline when it comes to praying in the Holy Ghost. And what will happen is, you won't be so susceptible to all of the voices calling to you. Go here, go there, do this, do that. You'll just sit down and say, you know what? No, I'm just going to do what God's called me to do. If he wants me to up and move, he'll, he'll cause it. He'll, he'll direct me through the application of things like prayer language and the direction of the Spirit of God, amen, and the biblical counsel, and I'll be exactly where I'm supposed to be. Amen. Uh, and one, uh, one lady said, yeah, I want to move to this city because they got really good shopping and restaurants there. Well, bless your heart. You know, it's so important in the end times that you go to a city with great restaurants and shopping. That's the extent of your vision. They got a Macy's there and an Olive Garden. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat there, Charlie. Whatever. <laughs> Look, we got Rudy's. <laughs> we got Rudy's. Can you see what I'm saying to you when you begin to think about these things, just how powerful it is to pray in the Spirit? Versus, oh, I got it one time when I prayed in the Spirit when I got the Holy Ghost. And every once in a while, I just have a goosebump and I just have to say something in tongues. Now you're wasting all that divine potential. Amen? Normally, I would just go back and repeat all these, but I'm not going to do that tonight. One big, long, two-hour confession. But how many wrote them down? You should meditate on these and let it motivate you uh, to pray more and more and more and more. Look at somebody say, tongues, that's my superpower. Come on, say like you believe it, tongues, that's my superpower in Jesus' name. Give him a big hand clap and thank him for it.